convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Father, we come before you once again with your word. We pray that you will speak to us. And the word that is being ministered will minister to each and every one of us. Bringing us to the place of total surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon us. Mold us. Mend us. Impress your image upon us that Christ be seen in us. To Christ be the glory. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in Jesus' name. And we take victory in the house. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. We will continue with our message that we started last week. It was titled, You Got Help. We were sharing from the scripture regarding the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, he's going to send the helper, the Holy Spirit. Paraclete, paracletos, to empower us, to enable us, so that we will continue to do what he wants us to do in and through our lives. Praise the Lord. So we reminded the church of a few things. I'm going to do a quick three-minute recap so that we, will, we can have a continuity in what we were talking about. We said we said the Holy Spirit is God. Okay, we talked about Sorry, guys. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you guys, you want to check the battery on this? Okay. We said the Holy Spirit is God himself. And we talked about Holy Spirit as a person. We talked about the power of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the potential of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the performance of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. As Holy Spirit is God, we said that he is co-eternal, co-equal, and co-existent with God the Father God the Son, okay? And we talked about what does this Holy Spirit do last week, okay? We talked about three things Holy Spirit does last week. We talked about how he helps us. Jesus said he will teach us all things. He will teach us all things. Then Jesus said he will remind us of the things that I have taught you. And then Jesus said, this Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth and he will testify of me. As a spirit of truth, we live in a world of deception and the Holy Spirit as God would help us to navigate through this maze of deception that surrounds us and he would lead us into all the truth. Jesus said, he will testify of me. Okay, what does that mean? 
The Spirit's message is never, look at me, you know, see what I am doing, but rather, he's saying, look at Jesus. See how glorious he is. See how mighty he is. Listen to him. Listen to his word. Check his works. Check his wonders. Look at the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross of Calvary. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit will point us to Jesus. Praise God. As you drive through the interstate or the highway, thank you. As you drive through the interstate or the highway, you know, you see billboards. And when you're driving at night, you see floodlights that are underneath the billboards. What does this floodlights do? What do they do? They are focused on the billboard so that we can read the message on the billboard. The purpose of the floodlight is not draw our attention to the floodlight, but to where the floodlight is hitting. Likewise, Holy Spirit, what he does is he draws our attention to Jesus. Praise God. To the finished work on the cross. To how glorious Jesus is and what he can do in our lives. Praise God. Now we want to move forward today. We want to look into three or four things as the scripture teaches us based on what the Bible says. What does the Holy Spirit do? Okay. When he has come, he'll, he'll, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So we want to look into the next thing that the Holy Spirit does. Listen, the Bible is telling us what does the Holy Spirit do? He opens up the blinded eyes. He works on the calloused and hardened heart and the conscience that are seared as if with iron. What does the Holy Spirit do is what the Bible says or what Jesus says. The first thing here, we see that when he has come, when the Holy Spirit come, he will convict the world of sin because they do not believe in me. Now, when you look at the scripture, it's very important that we interpret the scripture based on the context there, okay? When the Spirit of God comes, this Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin because they do not believe in me. When you hear the term convict, what comes to your mind? In our world, convict brings a lot of images in our mind. One of the images that might come is about the prosecutor who is convicting someone or a convict. So all these images fills our mind. But here, the Bible is saying when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin because they do not believe in me. Here, convict means the Holy Spirit will convince the world. The Holy Spirit will persuade them. The Holy Spirit will pursue them and persuade them about the sin in their life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, as Holy Spirit the helper, he will convict the world of God's truth concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Praise the Lord. Convict the sin of the world because they do not believe in me. Meaning, when the Holy Spirit convinces the world that they are lost in sin. They are seeping 
in sin. In other words, the Holy Spirit will tell the world, meaning an unbeliever, that there is sin in their lives. That sin rules and reigns in their life. Praise the Lord. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing when we were unbelievers. The Holy Spirit came to our side and told us, convinced us, persuaded us that we were living in sin. That sin was ruling and reigning in our lives. See, the Bible says no one can come to their sense that they are living in sin unless and until the Holy Spirit convinces them and convicts them. Praise the Lord. You know, at the same time, what does the Holy Spirit remind them, convinces them that they need a Savior in their lives who will deliver them from the sin. And that Savior is Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Do you remember the day that you were saved? What went through you that day? This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 3. No one can declare that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So it is the convincing or the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that leads a person to Jesus. That brings a person to understand that Jesus is a savior and we are in need of a savior and we are living in sin. That is the thing that Holy Spirit will do. Praise the Lord. Now, in this beautiful process of convincing the world, the unbeliever, that we need a savior and that savior is Jesus Christ and that they are living in sin, the hope. The Lord gives you and me a role. What is the role? The role is you and I can bring the gospel to them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, when we bring the gospel to people, when people hear the word of God, it's the Holy Spirit that convinces them that they are living in sin and they need a savior. Praise God. Thank God for God, as almighty he is, praise the Lord. This God, he indwells us and uses you and me in the process of leading people to Christ. Praise the Lord. I want to ask the church, have we been fulfilling our role? Our role of what? Our role is not to convince anybody of their sin. Our role is to share Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit's role to persuade them and convince them that they need a Savior. And that's what the Spirit of God does. Praise the Lord. So Jesus is saying when the Holy Spirit comes, he convicts the world of sin because they do not believe in me. Now, when you talk about that, there's, there should be a question that arises in our heart. Doesn't the Holy Spirit convict a believer of sin? Yes, he does. He will convict the believer of sin. But when the Holy Spirit convinces, convicts, persuades a believer about sin in their life, the intention and the purpose is never to drive us away from God. Listen. When the Spirit of God reminds us of our faltering, of our sins in our lives, the purpose is never to drive us away from God. The purpose is always to usher us back into the presence of God. Do you know who does that? Satan does that. Satan, what he does is he condemns us, makes us feel guilty, and when that guilt takes over our lives, what happens is we don't want to read the Bible, we don't want to pray, we don't want to go for fellowship, we want to hide, we want to put our head inside a hole, and we don't want to do anything. That's because Satan brings condemnation. 
praise the Lord. And it drives us away from God. But when the Holy Spirit convinces a believer of sin in their lives, it is so that we will repent of our sin and we will come again into the presence of God. The Spirit of God ushers us into the presence of God. Praise the Lord. Yes. So the Spirit of God, he does what? He convicts the world of sin because they do not believe in me. Praise the Lord. The next thing Jesus said is, what do they do? That Holy Spirit, he does what? Of righteousness. He convicts the, convicts the world of righteousness because I go to my Father. Praise the Lord. Because I go to my Father. Convicts the world of righteousness because I go to my Father. What is righteousness? What comes to our mind when we hear the term righteousness? As I said, it's important we interpret the scripture based on the context here. Okay? What is righteousness? Many people simply think it is right conduct or right behavior. Righteousness, as the scripture here means, righteousness as having a right standing with God. Having a right standing with God. When an unbeliever responds to the convincing, convicting work of the Holy Spirit, praise the Lord, he receives Jesus as his Savior. Praise the Lord. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convince us about what? About righteousness because I go to my Father. Righteousness meaning as to having a right standing with God. Listen, it's a fact and it's a truth that right standing with God will, would, should lead us to a right living. That's very important that we understand. Right standing should lead to what? Right living. Okay? But as we look into this particular verse, Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of righteousness because I go to my Father. Praise the Lord. The reason that we have a right standing with God is because Jesus, after finishing the work on the cross of Calvary, he was risen and he ascended up to the throne. Praise the Lord. He's seated at the right hand of the Father as an eternal reminder that our sins have been paid for. Praise the Lord. When you see Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father, praise God. It's a reminder for you and me that after finishing the work on the cross of Calvary, Jesus is seated and he's saying that, what is he saying? That, praise the Lord, that our sins have been paid for. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but that, that gives me such joy. It's an eternal reminder that my sins have been paid for. Praise the Lord. Now, as Paul says in Philippians 3.9, we are counted righteous in the eyes of God when we receive Jesus by faith. Listen, the Holy Spirit convinced us of our sin and when we receive Jesus as our Savior, what has happened is our sins have been taken up on the cross and the righteousness of Jesus has been imputed to us. It has been credited to us into our account. So when God the Father looks at me, I am righteous, I have a right standing with God because of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. Praise the Lord. That's an important truth that we ought to know and we need to understand. Praise the Lord. What is Jesus trying to tell us is we need to be convinced that righteousness exists. It's possible to have a right standing with God. Praise the Lord because of what Jesus did. Now, what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit He's done, he's, what is he doing? He's reminding us that we have a right standing with God. 
Amen. That we have a right standing with God. Praise the Lord. That we have been made righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to be convinced of the fact that righteousness exists because of what Jesus did. And we need to be convinced of the fact that the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed me and heaven looks at me as a righteous person. I have a right standing with God. Praise the Lord. You know the scripture reminds us in 2 Corinthians 5.21. Very often we repeat, we quote this verse during the communion. And you probably will remember. For God made him who knew no sin. He who knew no sin was made sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Praise God. He who knew no sin. God made he who knew no sin. Who was that? Jesus. He knew no sin. There was no sin found in him. He never committed a sin. But Jesus was made sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes. So what does that mean? The Holy Spirit does what? He helps you and I. To become fully convinced that we have a right standing with God. And that you and I are welcome into his presence. When we come into his presence, the Lord extends his hands and he embraces us. Praise the Lord. Because we have a right standing with God. And we come with that confidence and with that complete assurance that God will not turn us away. He has accepted us. He has welcomed us and he embraces us into his presence. Praise the Lord. This is very important that we understand. When we do understand, we also cannot overlook the fact the gift of righteousness is to be followed by upright living. Praise the Lord. Listen, heaven looks at me and proclaims me as justified, as righteous, because what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. And Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit will remind us that we have a right standing with God. Now, some people... After having that right standing with God, they feel that they can do whatever they want, live however they want. No, that's not how it is. When you understand the scripture, we will understand that the gift of righteousness ought to be followed by an upright living. Meaning, a person who has been credited or the righteousness of Christ has been imputed to us, from now on, we ought to live what? A righteous life, an upright life. This is very important for us to understand. So as much as the Holy Spirit reminds us that I have a right standing with God. And that I have access into his presence because of what he did for me. It also ought to bring me to that place of realization that I have to live an upright life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, Jesus is our perfect example. Okay? Christ is the example and Christ is also the enabler. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit has been given to remind us that we have a right standing with God. But also, the Holy Spirit has been given to us so that we are enabled to live the right kind of life. Praise God. Hallelujah. I have a right standing with God, not because of me, but because of what he did. But that also calls me to live an upright life. So what does Jesus do? He says that I've given you the Holy Spirit that gives you the power to live a life that is pleasing to him. Praise the Lord. Look at this verse. It will make it very clear. Paul Writing to the Romans, Romans 6, 13 and 14. 13 goes like this. And do not present your members as instrument of unrighteousness to sin. A born again believer cannot present our members 
My body, my body parts, my thought life, my, my faculties of speech, my actions cannot be what? The Bible says we cannot present our members as instruments of unrighteousness. Rather, present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Praise the Lord. I have a right standing with God. Now that right standing with God should cause me a right living before God. This is very important that we understand and we practice in our life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, check this out. The third thing that Jesus said is of when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of judgment because the ruler of the world is judged. Praise God. You know, in Christian circles, nobody likes the word judgment. When you hear the word judgment, everybody gets turned off. Okay? And quite often people use the word that Jesus used, do not judge lest he be judged. Okay. Now, it's very important again that we look at this word based on what Jesus said. The Holy Spirit will convict the world of judgment because the ruler of the world is judged. Now, first, the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin, meaning will convince us that we are sinners and that we need Jesus. But when that is received, when we receive Christ as our Savior, we also need to understand that we have a right standing with God. The Holy Spirit reminds the believers, now we have a right standing with God. When we remember that we have a right standing with God, we also ought to be careful that we have an upright living before God and we use our members, we use our body, we use our mind, we use, hallelujah, everything that God gives us as an instrument, not for unrighteousness, but for righteousness. Okay, now the word judgment, praise the Lord, because the ruler of the world is judged. When Jesus died on the cross, the ruler of this world was judged and his power was permanently broken. Do you know who Jesus is referring when he says the ruler of this world? The ruler of the world is referring to Satan. When Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, he defeated death, grave, hell, sin, Satan. His power was broken. Praise the Lord. Now here, it is not we who are judged, no, the one who held everyone captive to fear and to death, to sin. Praise the Lord. He has been judged and his power has been broken. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying when the Holy Spirit comes, he will remind us that the ruler of the world has been judged. His power was broken on the cross of Calvary. He has no say now to those who believe in Jesus, those who have received Christ as Savior, those who are living a righteous life. He has no claim on you. Praise God. Quite often believers, they live in fear. Oh, Satan will do this. Satan will do that. Satan will oppress me. Satan will destroy my life. The Holy Spirit has been sent to remind us what? The ruler of this world is judged. His power has been broken on the cross of Calvary. When Jesus redeemed you, Praise the Lord. He put the seal of ownership upon you and me, reminding us that we belong to him exclusively and Satan has no right on you. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit convicts us of this truth, convincing us that the former ruler of this world, Satan has been judged and his power has been 
broken. He has no longer authority in a believer's life. He's an outlaw. What should we do? Make sure that you don't entertain him. Make sure that you do not give him room in your life. Make sure that you don't give him access into your life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you give him your smallest pinky, he will do what? He will snap your arm out. Praise. There are many believers who like to dabble in sin and dabble with Satan. Don't do that. You have been redeemed with a price. You belong to him. Use the members of your body as instruments of righteousness, not instruments of unrighteousness. If we use the members of our body as instruments of unrighteousness, we give him access into our lives. Praise the Lord. But knowing that we belong to him and the ruler of this world is judged should give us the peace and the assurance that the enemy Satan has no room, no say, no access, no right into your life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful to know that Holy Spirit was sent to help us and was sent to make us aware that we were lost and we needed a savior. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit was sent to make us aware of the fact. To persuade us to believe that we have a right standing with God through Jesus Christ. Not only that we have a right standing with God through Jesus Christ. But he is here to equip us and to enable us to live a righteous, God-pleasing life. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit has been sent to, convict, to, to let us know and to convince us that Satan is a defeated foe. And he no longer has authority in our life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So the spirit of God who abides within us, he gives us the assurance as to who we are. Paul writing to the Romans says in 8.16, the spirit within us, the Holy Spirit within us testifies to our spirit, Holy Spirit testifying to my spirit, your spirit, that we are who? We are the children of God. If you have any doubt in your life, when you go through any roller coaster experiences of your life, through trials and tribulations in your life, remember the Spirit of God in you testifies to your spirit that we are indeed the children of God. Yesterday, I was taking a Bible study with someone, and they asked me, How do I know that I am a child of God? Praise the Lord. If you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit is in residence in you. And that Holy Spirit will testify of the fact, will tell your spirit that you are God's son. You are God's daughter. Satan has no right over your life. You have a right standing with God because Jesus has paid the price for me. Now I am called to live a God-pleasing life knowing that I cannot cut it by myself. He has given the Holy Spirit within me who enables me, equips me to live that God pleasing life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now we want to move forward. We want to remind the church once again through the scripture, what is it that the Holy Spirit does? Now this one part of it, we already looked. We want to move to the next part. Okay. This is what the scripture says in John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Number one, I want you to look at this verse carefully. Okay? Whatever he hears, he will speak. Who? Holy Spirit, whatever he hears, he will speak. Praise the Lord. So the spirit of God is a spirit that speaks. 
Praise the Lord. We said the Holy Spirit is a person. Don't just simply look at him as an influence or call him an it or call him as just a force. It's a force to be reckoned. Praise the Lord. He is a powerhouse because he is God. And this Holy Spirit that is in residence within me, he does what? He hears and he speaks. Praise the Lord. What does he hear? He hears what's being spoken in the throne room of God. Praise the Lord. And what does he do? He speaks to you and to me. Praise the Lord. We have to train our ears to hear the voice of the Spirit. He who has an ear, let him hear. Let him hear what the Spirit has to say. Praise the Lord. What the Spirit speaks? The Holy Spirit speaks. When he speaks, you and I should fine-tune our ears to what he is saying. Praise the Lord. The frequency has to be connected. You and I have to have a connection with our God. The Spirit has been given to us not simply to indwell us, but the Holy Spirit is very active. But you and I need to have a sensitive ear to hear what the Lord is saying. So the Spirit hears and the Spirit speaks. Praise the Lord. Have you ever heard the voice of the Spirit in your life? Have you ever? You know, you simply sit and you start reading God's Word. As you mull over God's Word. As you meditate over God's Word. As you nibble over God's Word. As you chew over God's Word. You can hear the Spirit will start speaking to you. And you cultivate that habit of the Holy Spirit speaking into our lives. When we cultivate that habit of, speak, of hearing this voice of the Spirit in critical moments of our lives, in the crossroads of our lives, you will hear the Holy Spirit giving us the direction and guidance. Quite often, we are so caught up with the things of the world. There are so many voices that are beckoning us. There is the television that's calling us out. There is the social media that's calling us out. Our friends are calling us. There is so many voices that are distracting. We have to cultivate a habit of being in the presence of God and the ability to sift all voices out and hear the voice of the Spirit. Jesus is saying... When the Holy Spirit comes, he will hear what is spoken there and he will let you and I know. He will speak and he will tell you things to come. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit can tell you things to come? Do you know why he can tell you things to come? Because he is God. He knows the end from the beginning. Praise the Lord. So the Holy Spirit can tell you Things to come. Now, why would he tell you things to come? Why? Why do you think he wants to tell you things to come? Tell me, church. Future. Yeah. Okay. Now, the Holy Spirit wants to tell you things to come. Number one, this is our first option. A, simply. No, he wants to just simply tell you the things to come. Two, to impress you. To impress you, think telling you things about what's going to happen. He wants to impress you. Three, to prepare you. A, B, C, pick one. Of course, to prepare you. And to case in point, we want to bring your attention to, to the scripture so that we understand what we are saying. Okay? Now, don't think that the Holy Spirit is a fortune teller. Okay? Things that are relevant to us, things that are applicable to us, things that we should know, the Holy Spirit will let us know. Praise the Lord. Okay? The Holy Spirit will let us know things that we need to know. Praise the Lord. So, I want to draw your attention to the scripture. Okay? Here. Look at what the scripture says. At that time, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, one of them named Agabus stood up and predicted by the spirit that there would be a severe famine over all the world. And this took place during the reign of Claudius. Number one, I want to draw your attention to the scope of this prophecy that the Holy Spirit is giving. The Holy Spirit will tell you things to come. Look at the scope. 
What is the scope? It's global in nature. It's global in nature. There was going to be a famine in over all the world. And the writer Luke is saying it really happened. When did it happen? It took place during the reign of Claudius. Okay. So the Spirit of God can tell us things pertaining to the global conditions of the world. Why? CNN and Fox can only tell you after the fact. God knows things from the beginning and the Holy Spirit can choose to tell you things up front. Now, I want to draw your attention to two, two things. Number one, at that time, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, meaning prophets is plural, more than one prophet. You know why? Paul Writing to the Corinthians says, when there is a prophecy, the others have to do what? They have to do what? They have to discern if it is from the Lord. There is a check and balance system. The Spirit of God is not an author of chaos or confusion. It's a God of order. Praise the Lord. As human beings, you and I can err. The Holy Spirit does not make mistakes. We can do or say things which are wrong. Praise the Lord. So God places a system in the body of Christ. When one person is prophesying, the others who have the gift of discernment and prophecy should listen to it and understand as whether it's from God. Praise the Lord. Okay? That is the check and balance system that God has placed in the body of Christ. Now, moving forward. What is the reason that the Holy Spirit gave this word to the church? What is the reason? There is always a reason. We said it's not simply, it's not to, to impress us, it's to prepare us. So, whenever the Holy Spirit gives us a word, the intention behind that word is to prepare us. There ought to be a course of action that we need to take. There has to be an action plan. Most often, quite often, the only action plan that takes place when someone hears the word from the Spirit is criticism. There's a lot of people who have this special gifting. It's called the critical spirit. They only criticize. No. What does, what does God intend? That's what the Bible says, the action plan. What was the action plan? This was the action plan. You know, the action plan was, look at the action plan. Oh. What an action plan. Super. Okay. Can you bring it to the action plan, please? Okay. Look at the action plan. Hmm? What is the action plan? What did the church decide to do? The first action plan. Go. Keep, keep going. The church decided that they are going to do something about this. Okay. What was the church going to do? Okay, if the scope is global, there is an action plan, and that action plan is the church decided they are going to come up with a relief aid. What is a relief aid? So the disciples determine everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea, so that they did not they did so sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. See, when God informs us of something, when the Holy Spirit tells the church or tells individual about things to come, what does he intend? He intends us to prepare ourselves for it. Here, the church prepared. What did they do? They did a collection and they sent it as a relief aid to the brethren in Jerusalem. Praise God. Now, one more example. You know, God used Joseph and God used him 
to tell about a global famine that was coming. But God also used him as a solution to the global famine that plagued the world at that time. Sometimes God can use a person not only to let us know of things to come, he can use them as a solution. Or God can use all of us as a solution to what he lets us in on. One, number one, global, the scope is global. Number two, the Holy Spirit can speak into our personal life. How many of you believe that the Holy Spirit can speak into our personal life? See, you and I are important to God. We belong to him. God, Holy Spirit, resides in us. And he's interested in our endeavors. He's interested in our ventures. He's interested in our righteous living. He's interested in our well-being. He's interested about our success. Praise the Lord. So when he lets you and I know, praise the Lord, of a personal thing in our lives, we have to take an action plan. What is it that the Holy Spirit in a personal, in a person's life, what did the Holy Spirit speak? This is what the Bible says, that the same prophet, Agabus, when he came down from Judea, he took Paul's belt and he bound his own hands and feet and he, and he, and he drew an image before them saying that the owner of this belt will be bound like this in Jerusalem, praise the Lord, by the Gentiles. See, God was giving a forewarning to Paul and to the church that Paul was on his way to Jerusalem will be bound by the Gentiles. So what was the action plan? The Bible says they all panic except Paul. Paul was resolved. What did the Bible says? Paul was resolved. Look at Acts 21, 13. What was the response of Paul? Then Paul answered, what are you doing? Weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Paul was resolved to do what God had called him to. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit that is in residence within us empowers us to fulfill the plan of God. Praise God. See, each and every one of us has a unique plan from God. We have to know what is it that God plans concerning our lives. And we have to align our will to him. Praise the Lord. The world around, the church around, the believers around, they all panicked and said, no, 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 don't you go. You have been given a word. Paul said, no, because in my calling itself, Jesus said to Ananias, I will show him how much things, how great things he has to suffer for my name's sake. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So if suffering is in the plan of God, praise God, he empowers you. He makes you bold and courageous because the same God who can take you out of the predicament can also empower you to go through the predicament. Listen, we always think deliverance, deliverance, deliverance mean to escape out of hardship, to escape out of trials, to escape out of tribulation. If that is the plan, Praise God, there are times when Paul escaped out of the hands of people who wanted to do him harm. But the same God who can open escape door for you and me can also empower you and me to go through the thick and thin of what is before us. Praise the Lord. Because the spirit of God that indwells us is a spirit of power who will empower us, 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. To face the situation that is before us. But the Holy Spirit, he lets us in on things to come so that we can prepare ourselves. Praise God. And that preparation involves at times to get out of the situation, at times to go through the situation. The same Holy Spirit that gives you an upward, a forewarning about things to come, he will empower you to go through such situations in your life. I don't know about you, but when you hear about this paracletos, this helper who resides in you and me, what goes through your mind? When Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you as helpless. Praise the Lord. But I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. One of the same kind. God himself residing in you and me. Praise God. So that we will live a victorious God kind of right living in our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to thank God for his spirit who lives within every believer. Praise God. You have no reason to despair. You have no reason to call it quits. You have no reason to throw in the towel. Praise God. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is out in the world. Don't let what's out in the world intimidate you because the Bible says the one who is in residence within me is greater, is powerful, is able, and an enabler. Hallelujah. Who enables me, praise the Lord, to go through situations in life. You know, I like to use a verse that David used. David says like this, by my God, I shall charge against this troop. Praise the Lord. By my God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I will charge against this troop. When the troops are coming against me, he's not saying I'm going to hide. He's saying I'm going to charge against it. By my God, I shall scale these walls. The walls look insurmountable. The walls look very high. The walls look impossible. But he says, by my God, I will do what? I will scale these walls. Paul puts it like this. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Praise God. So you and I, we thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit who is in residence within us.